Thank you for downloading or podcasting this track. This recording has been remastered to provide the best sound possible given the audio environment of the original recording session. Mosaic Silver Spring is a faith community located just inside the Capitol Beltway in Montgomery County. For more information, please visit our website, www.mosaicsilverspring.org, and we'll see you in the neighborhood. Good morning, y'all. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not, neglect, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession, an abiding one. Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which is a great reward, for you you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Dan. Let me pray for us as we begin. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that, Lord, you have given us access and you advocate for us as our high priest. Lord, I pray that the words preached this morning will not just be good rhetorically, but it can come with spirit and power that we may be convicted to see you and turn in faith. In your name we pray. Amen. Around the last few months of 2020, uh, Michelle and I had the privilege of welcoming 
an Australian cattle dog into our family. Now, if you have no idea what kind of dog that is, neither did we, uh, until we decided to get her. So in our preparation, uh, we needed a lot of it, uh, for our dog, whose name is Nori, we followed it up by researching the breed on Google. Then we watched videos about cattle dogs on YouTube all throughout the night. And then as we were trying to prepare for a new puppy, we uh, found a professional dog trainer who offered tips and tricks to raise your dog well. But you know what was the most helpful for us in our dog rearing journey? Yes, the videos were important, the, knowing the breed is good, but what really helped us was having others within our community who had experience with high-energy dogs and could show us the ropes of how to properly act and react around Nori. You see, yes, the videos and articles and blog posts, all of those were good, but the information and the theory alone could get us so far if we did not have someone who came alongside us. Isn't that true, not just for uh, raising a dog, but for anything in life? Whether it is uh, learning a new hobby or obtaining a new skill or even just growing as a person. Information in theory can only get us so far if you do not have someone who can come alongside you. Even when it comes to our growth and character, as we seek to develop the fruit of the Spirit, again, knowing what's right and having the right theory can only get us so far, but it is the active practice in community that will really grow us and that will shape us and make us more like Jesus. That is true for the topic of faithfulness this morning. So as we look at this topic, we'll be looking at it in three points. One, a call to faithfulness. Second, a warning of faithlessness. And three, the hope towards perseverance. The call, the warning, and the hope. You see, as we jump into, <clears throat> excuse me, the book of Hebrews, we first need to recognize uh, that the author is responding to first century Christians that were wrestling with suffering and persecution. You see, they were questioning, uh, is this really the truth, given all that I'm facing because of it? And so some members of the first century church community were beginning to feel disillusioned. They were tempted to go back to their old ways of life. And so the author of Hebrews is responding to that. And after working through a rich exposition of Christ and how he fulfills God's law in the Old Testament, the author gives us a loaded summary of his points in verses 19 through 21. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus... By the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. You see, Paul, in those first three verses, uh, is highlighting the fact that in Jesus, there is both authorization and advocacy. 
in Jesus, there is authorization and advocacy. See, we have authorization. Think of having a security clearance. We have the security clearance needed to enter into God's presence through Jesus. He is the curtain. And we have the advocacy in Jesus. He is the high priest, the one who pleads on our behalf. He is the one at the throne of God saying their credentials are good. So, in light of all of this, how should you respond to all that Christ is, the advocacy and the authorization you have in him? How should we respond? Here's how the author of Hebrews frames up faithfulness. He starts in verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to good uh, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The author of Hebrews gives us three points of what faithfulness looks like, what a faithful response looks like. First, he's calling us to draw near, as he says in verse 22. Part of our hope as Christians is that our faith is not about a list of facts to believe. It is not just some tenets that we are supposed to follow. Uh, it involves a person. It involves the creator God and how we can have access to him as a community of faith. So there is a relationship. So as the author of Hebrews calls us to draw near, he is telling us to make use of this authorization and turn to him in prayer. He's telling us to know him through the word. In Christianity, prayer is not just a mantra that you repeat over and over again to get you in the right headspace. It is a direct line, a connection to access your heavenly father. The word of God is not just a list of nice sayings to think about from time to time. It is God revealing himself to you in far much more detail than a tweet can ever give, far more than a Bumble profile, or even a list of blog posts. God is revealing himself to you in his word. So draw near in full assurance of faith by turning to him in prayer, being honest about uh, how you are and needing help in turning to him, whether it is confessing, turning to him in thanks for what he has done in your life, being mindful of the ways that God is working, turning to God in his word and seeing what he calls us to be. Draw near. Secondly, in addition to drawing near with full assurance, we're called to hold fast, as it says in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And in that, you see uh, that it is closely tied with our relationship to God because the author of Hebrews is calling us to know the truth of God and all that he has done in Jesus. 
See, these things go hand in hand. The more you draw near to God, the more you learn about who he is. The more we learn about the riches of grace we have in Jesus. And the more we know this truth, the more we are compelled to draw near to him. God is faithful, so cling to the truth of God's redemption. Last but not least, the author of Hebrews commands us, he calls us uh, to live in faithfulness to one another. There is a communal aspect. Jesus didn't save you just to make you happy in isolation or so that you can merely have a one-on-one relationship with Jesus. No, he is bringing us all corporately together into his family of faith. And so by faith, as we respond to who God is, as we draw near to him, we are called to be mindful of one another. That means being committed to showing up together and being responsible for one another. One thing that I've noticed in myself and that I'm guilty of and maybe something that is uh, common in our area uh, is to to have this tendency to think, oh, everyone's really busy, right? Uh, You must have a packed schedule, so you didn't make it to CG this week. Uh, That's okay. I'm sure you have a lot on your plate. And chances are, we do. Add the pandemic into the mix, and when people aren't on Zoom for community groups, it's easy to write off and say, ah, they must have had a long day on the computer. As I say this, I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone for missing a meeting or feeling overwhelmed. What I am saying is not even just to militantly track attendance. What I'm getting at is that part of being a community of faith involves being mindful of one another knowing the struggles and sufferings our community faces. So when someone doesn't show up, it's not guilt-tripping them and saying, hey, where were you? It is looking at them and saying, hey, is everything okay? Though it might be easy to come up with excuses or to come up with excuses for others, us as a community, as we are called to not neglect to meet together, whether in the focused community groups throughout the week or corporately on Sundays. Let us be mindful of those that are sitting around us, joining us on the call, and those who are not. May we feel this burden and pressure to care for the good of those around us. We should not live as if it's every person for themselves. And so in summary, this is not a complex teaching. It is not um, this grand revelation. The author of Hebrews is simply getting at, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And second, love your neighbor as yourself. Faithfulness involves obedience to God and being dependable to one another. Faithfulness involves obedience to God and being dependable to one another. While that is not a hard truth to understand or comprehend, uh, frankly, it is a hard truth to follow, is it not? The author of Hebrews is aware of that reality, too, even as he is aware of what is going on in the first century church. 
who felt the realities of a broken and sin-tainted world. But in the midst of that, he gives this warning in verses 26 through 31. Because yes, when things are going great in life, of course it's easy to talk about faithfulness and doing the right thing. Yet, when life is just beating you down, that's when the thoughts creep in, isn't it? Does God really love me? Why should I keep trying to be faithful? Why add the extra stress and heartache? That is what the first century Christians thought as well when they faced persecution, when they were thrown in prison, when their possessions were stolen and their sufferings multiplied. And as a result, some went back to their old ways. Yet the author of Hebrews uh, Though, of course, he should be sympathetic to the church, he also calls them and gives them a harsh warning. You know, as he goes back to referencing the Old Testament punishments, he is emphasizing how much greater rejecting the work of Jesus is. You see, he gives a warning because he wants the church to recognize that they are turning away from the one true hope in this life in the midst of a broken world. They are not just making a mutual decision, a neutral decision. They are rejecting what truly saved them from the brokenness of life. The author of Hebrews in verse 29 makes it, uh, uses these three phrases to make it very black and white. They are trampling over the Son of God. Son of God being a very high and exalted term. You're profaning the blood that was supposed to sanctify you and make you clean by turning away from Jesus. You are outraging the spirit of grace when, though we know the truth, we deliberately turn away. He is urgently uh, pleading with the first century church to take sin seriously and to hold on to our hope He's posturing and saying, uh, don't let these circumstances drive you away from God. It should turn you even more to the God who is faithful. He is turning them to their hope. So what is that hope? What is it that helps us persevere even in the midst of our hardest circumstances? If you've ever been uh, rock climbing before, you may know the different styles of climbing. Typically, you might know of rock climbing as uh, what they would call top roping, where, where as you're climbing this rock wall, there is an anchor at the top that holds the rope uh, secure so that as you are climbing up, if you slip, that rope holds you up, the rope that is at the top of the highest point, a.k.a. top rope. But yet, when you go outside of a climbing gym and go to the mountainside, before you can get, some, uh, before you can get that rope to the highest point, you need a lead climber. You see, this person is not anchored to the highest point yet, but instead, they set up the anchors as they ascend up the wall. As they go higher and higher, they clip uh, each anchor in so that when he is finished, others, he or she is finished, 
others can follow along as well. I bring this up because the author of Hebrews is reminding us where the anchor is found, who the lead climber of our faith is. And he does that starting in verse 32 where he calls us to remember. But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. In this portion, the author of Hebrews is not calling us to remember our great success. We're not meant to focus on our endurance or our compassion that we have extended. Instead, he is calling us to remember the source that led to the endurance, the source that gave us compassion. We are called to remember Jesus Christ, the lead climber, the anchor, and the rope that we cling on to. Because it is Jesus who was the only person in human history who did not turn away from God. It was Jesus who was faithful to the very end, who obeyed even to the point of death on the cross. So that our deliberate disobedience is forgiven. It is Jesus who gives us access to God through his sacrifice so that, as it says in verse 20, the curtain is open. Jesus, who is the one who earned the right as high priest, the mediator, the advocate, who says on our behalf, my blood has sprinkled them clean. Jesus was the one who led the way up the mountain of faithfulness so that we can follow in his path and be with God by faith. It is this same Jesus who anchors us, even when we still, even today, continue to deliberately turn away from him. It is this Jesus who sustains us. He is the one he, who holds us up and woos us back to himself. It is Jesus, friends, who is faithfully walking with us now through his spirit, who teaches us the ins and outs of faithfulness in the context of his kingdom community. You see, the author of Hebrews, as he tells us to call, uh, remember, to recall the time in the past, he is emphasizing that it was Jesus it is Jesus, and it will always be Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who therefore helps us live faithfully. It is this Jesus that gives us confidence, who makes good on his promises, and who leads us to persevere with the concrete hope of the great reward, as the author says in verse 35. We have this great reward of life eternal, and perfect peace with him in Jesus. So therefore, since we have this authorization and advocacy, since we have this confidence to enter the holy place through the curtain that is Jesus, since we have a great high priest who advocates for us on our behalf, now church, let us go forth and respond in faithfulness to God and to others. Let's pray. Lord, we lift our eyes to the hills. 
from where does our help come? Thank you, Lord, that our help comes from Christ Jesus, the creator and recreator of heaven and earth. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who neither slumbers nor sleeps, who can catch us when we misstep and deliberately turn away, and who draws us back and helps us grow in faithfulness. God, I thank you for his faithfulness on our behalf, and may that give us power to persevere in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. Amen.